Hey, Senior Living Influencer, we have an event for you. So many of you have heard about our VIP Ignite experience, and it is time for you to request your invite. It's going to be in Nashville, August 28th through the 30th, and you are not going to want to miss this event. Join us for Dream Again. Check out VIPIgniteExperience.com to request your invitation. We hope to see you there. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, this senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. We are in sunny Orlando at the FSLA conference with one of the board members here and a BTG ambassador. We welcome Damon Thomas to the program. Glad to be here. Yes. Great to see you again. You know, it's been many years uh, since I've seen you, but fond memories of being here in Florida and rubbing shoulders with you. Uh, You are an incredible advocate for the industry. And, you know, you didn't just start yesterday. No. (laughs) You've been at this a little while. You started very young, right? (laughs) Yeah, but see the grays are here now. We all got them. We all got them. You know, um, you've, you've dedicated your entire career, really, to the senior housing industry. How did you even get started in senior living? Well, went to Bridgewater State College, the Harvard of Boston. And um, after I graduated there, I went to physical therapy school with a gentleman by the name of Chris Gay, who you all may may remember. Uh, We we went to uh, physical therapy school. After physical therapy school, they were paying nice sign-on bonuses back in the day. And they said, we'll send you anywhere, and this is how much uh, money we'll pay you. And um, Chris Gay and I jumped in a truck and ended up in Anderson, South Carolina. Two Bostonians with heavy accents in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, so we, we were with a therapy group after, after we uh, worked in therapy for a while. They changed the reimbursement rates, and they weren't really favorable. We weren't excited about it. Chris Gay left, became an executive director in a building in Hendersonville, North Carolina. He called me. Um, needed a salesperson. And this is the part that bothers me to this day. Uh, and Chris, if you're listening, I love this story. I filled the building. He got promoted. H- how does that work? Uh, you know, no comment there. No comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know Chris is going to say it's not true. It's totally true. <laughs> well, you continue to rub shoulders with your buddy, Chris. I think mm-hmm. you, you guys then moved on Emeritus. There was Brookdale. No. Yeah, I mean, you've really gotten to seen a lot of different um, experiences with big operators. Uh, you're now in a new role at Elegance, yeah. and we'd love to dive into that in, in just a moment. But give us some perspective, because you've got that, right, is that things have changed, and mm-hmm. it's not just two years of COVID. A lot of things have changed. The relationships between owners and operators, REITs and operators, private equity and operators. There's a lot of change in the marketplace. Can you unfold some of that of your personal experiences? So Emeritus in Brookdale is the start of my career predominantly, about 16 years. Um, And the day the announcement of the mega merger was my um, wedding. (laughs) And so you know how when you walk up the aisle, pick a side? So we had one side of Emeritus, one side of Brookdale. (laughs) It was a very interesting wedding, to say the least. We We had a lot of fun. But that's where it all started, and um, I, 
I love the the relationships that I had. I had a, I was very got a lot of great education, and um, uh, after the mega merger, it became really difficult. I saw a lot of great people. Um, and this isn't a, a dig on either organization, but a lot of great people get pushed to the wayside. And some of them, quite frankly, it was great, right? Um, we talk about Chris Gay as an example with Vitality. We talk about Chris Hyatt as an example with um, uh, New Perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on and on. Uh, but everyone in their own way. Uh, uh, Chris Belford went uh, to a REIT. I believe he's back in the ALF world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Hutchins was in, involved in that. He's in the REIT world now. Right, right. I mean, everyone, it's so, so it went from after that mega merger where it exploded our industry. And so you have the big, you have the small, you have the, I'm just dabbling in it. And then you have the, a lot of people also uh, playing in the, um, the referral business as well. So, so lots and lots of changes. And then you, you uh, hit on it um, briefly is the change in the REITs, in the private equity, in the relationships in the field, and the way the, the, those are, are structured. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun over the last couple of years, to say the least. Well, talk about that, the relationships a little bit, because I feel like that's becoming kind of this under-the-surface, bubbling you hear it in maybe the hallways talking about the relationships and the improvement in the relationships that need to happen between ownerships and uh, operators, ownership and management. Uh, but we're still not hearing a whole lot of it out actually in panel discussions or publicly talked about. So can you elaborate a little bit on that from your experience yeah. and maybe what you're hearing and, and maybe some of the insight? I mean, you've got so much experience how do you see a path where we can improve some of that? Well, it's tough, right? One of the reasons why you don't hear about it a lot is because you're sort of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't situation. It's, it, it's, you know. Um, however, if you go into the relationship with uh, good conversation and you come to a lot of those early uh, agreements early, um, they can be very good relationships. In the earlier part of my career, um, when, when this was all new, um, I mentioned Justin Hutchins earlier. Justin, um, I think, was the one who, who um, launched out into the world on the REIT side first with NHI. And then if I remember correctly, and I think this is mostly accurate, uh, when Justin left, Eric Mendelson went into NHI after Justin. So now you got two ALF guys with experience in the REIT world. And then uh, Justin just exploded. You know, he's, he's with Ventos now. He did some things across the sea, um, whatever. So, 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 wow, that really disrupted um, the business because now our capital partners have a lot of knowledge that they didn't have before. If you remember, if you remember in the past, the way it was was that we get a certain management fee or however, however it's, however it's done, and then they drive away. We take care of it. Boy, those were the good old days. Now, if um, if you get Justin across the uh, on the other light, uh, the side of the phone, or I was I had Brian Voss who was also emeritus. I had Chris Belford who's also emeritus. Um, it gets a little bit more challenging. Now those great those fellows are great, okay. Um, but uh, but it's 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 an interesting discussion when they know what the heck they're talking about. You can't just come to the conference call thinking you're going to um, BS anybody. 
Um, so now, today, the, um, the triple lease, you're, you're seeing those, those go away. The performers are a lot different now, everything the way it's been written. And um, uh, a little bit of mi- middle part of my career, um, without naming names, there were some really um, more difficult um, relationships. Whereas um, I was over Texas and Florida, as an example, um, uh, with an organization. And um, uh, one of the partners wanted me solely for Florida. Um, so I did it for the operator. I said, sure, let's do this. And I did it for the operator for the deal because it was a good one. Um, however, um, my, my new partner was the REIT. And um, everything wasn't rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> and so that's why. That, so when people say, you know, if you, if, I bet you all hear this a lot. Why so much turnover in assisted living? Well, at the end of the day... Um, you know, it's easy to make moves at, at the community level, but what they don't know is everything else that's involved. It looks like an ED, a salesperson, or this or that, and it's pretty simple. Oh, heck no. There's a hell of a lot more behind the scenes. So, as you can see, it, it's getting more and more complex on those relationships. So I hope that answers you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, and, and I think you were uh, very generous and, and kind of the one perspective is there are a lot of uh, the, the equity side, the ownership side, the REIT side, that there's a lot of educated folks um, that understand the business that are, that are now in that, which does, I, I actually like that. It's a good amount of accountability. You can't BS your way through right. things. But on the flip side of that, I think uh, chasing the aging demographic, uh, there's a lot of capital partners, uh, ownership groups, REITs coming and emerging, and, and they're, they're, they have a lot of people on the bench that are not educated in the industry, and, um, and I do think that's also causing some turbulence because uh, you're having the same kind of conversations except the person across the table oftentimes doesn't know what they're talking about and they're talking with someone like you that is is running the show been running the show for years and you understand operations and you understand the decisions that we make today can impact team members and people's lives our resident lives and their families' lives it's a trickle and a domino effect so I think sometimes there's very short-sighted um, decisions made uh, from from the C-suite sometimes and financial sometimes. analyst views that um, oftentimes are not good for our industry because they're not enough balance of taking the the operator uh, the manager's uh, perspective into consideration mm-hmm. when they're mainly trying to drive shareholder equity and I think that's a that's a real balance because we've got to drive there's a business side to the business. There's a human side to the business. Yeah. And it's got to be kept in balance. And I think if we can figure out where those checks and balances need to be, that's probably some of the secret sauce in there. That's way over my pay grade, but it, it feels like it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, the, the um, I will say everything's improved um, tremendously. Uh, one of uh, one of our uh, lenders is Providence One. Our relationship is fantastic. I, th- I think it's is, is you establish the ground rules up front. So, for instance, who can call who and when? I mean, we were in a board meeting uh, yesterday, I think it was, where we were laughing about on how a REIT partner will get an ED who's heading from one community to another 
um, you know, an hour or, or two drive, and they're going to pull over because they're going to pick, uh, pick a, 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 a rug color. I mean, come on, folks. Or, or you know, what, the, what is our occupancy now? And so there's a lot of things um, that uh, have to be ironed out first, those expectations. The calls, when are the calls going to happen? How long are they? What does that agenda look like as opposed to um, rapid fire? Um, so we've really evolved to where we are today, but before it was that. It was sort of like this, same, same type of thing, actually. You had the lights, you were sitting there, and, and, and the read would be there, and they just hit, you know, question after question after question, and then you're like, whew, yeah. you know, you either did it or you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now it's a, ni- a nice partnership a lot. And, and, and you made a great point. Um, the fact that we've got a lot of players, educated players on the other side now, makes it um, a heck of, in some ways a heck of a lot easier because they they've done it they've been there done that so when you when you ask um, for forgiveness like as we all are with our labor and our struggles they get it they get it they've been there to 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 wash the dishes to to do cook the meals when no one else has so absolutely so uh changing gears just a little bit uh, a man that wears a lot of hats uh, you're on the board for the Florida Senior Living Association. Our listeners can probably hear a ton of excitement, background noise, uh, as we're getting here to actually see things going on. A lot of energy here. Yeah. This association, um, the board's doing a great job, so kudos to you guys. So some of the major challenges facing our industry, I'm sure, with as much senior living as happening in Florida, it's like the epicenter of trying to problem solve some mm-hmm, of these. So mm-hmm. as a board member, as a board group, what are some of the key things like on your table right now to help your association to ultimately help your members with right now? Can you speak to that any? As far as what the uh, board, what we're trying to, what we need to do to help our folks? That's right. Well, let me do, let me do this first, if I may. For, first is I would recommend that anyone who isn't um, with the Florida Senior Living Association that they that they really take the time um, to join and the reason why is because of the networking the friendship the leadership um, the legislative support that we're doing in Tallahassee um, and in the resources these guys have an intimate knowledge on what's going on in the industry um, so that they are basically uh, our protectors and our advocates. So, so first off, I got to put that plug in because if I don't, it would be it would be wasted. Having that been said, uh, one of the things that we're doing right now, one of the big items is that we're we're looking into is um, tort reform. A, an average claim, I think this is correct. An average claim for an assisted living for a slip and fall or whatever payout is about um, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. For an assisted living resident slip and fall, ask me how much it is for an independent. Uh, I, I think it's 150, excuse me, 157 for an assisted and about 150 for an independent. So you'd think it would be tremendously less or whatever. Uh, so on average, it's about $250,000, um, even if the claim is frivolous. Um, the hospitals, um, this is what the tort reform is all about. The hospitals and the nursing homes aren't paying that for an average claim. Hmm. So something's terribly wrong with that. 
The reason, one of the reasons why it's that way is the doctors have um, incredible insurance. The hospitals have multiple lawyers. We're not, we don't have the deep pockets, and that's why everyone's coming at us. So the tort reform is a big issue. Yeah, you know, and you know, we could probably have two or three episodes about this. It's Absolutely. a very complex issue, but you're exactly right. And what uh, people don't realize, and I think even you know, largely our show, the listenership is the decision makers, which a lot of them get it in our industry. But a lot of people that don't get it is the consumer side of the audience, the residents and their families, because you know they're they're seeing cost of care increase, cost of care increase, which yeah. means accessibility for them is decreasing. And so what they don't realize is that a lot of issues like this that we're really pushing for is pushing their cost of care just to an unaffordable rate. And that's what the, the operators to stay in business are going to have to pass along this increased cost. So. But what about, uh, this was your alley, what about when everyone had to add generators? Yeah, yeah. We didn't just go, oh, yeah, let's just add a generator. Yeah. You know, no offense to uh, former Governor Scott, but that was a heavy lift. It got him where he wanted to go. But, um, but boy, for the ALFs, it drove out a lot of providers. Mm. Um, and, and that was just one example. So mm. think about these things that keep on getting added to our plate. And I'm just glad to see our industry thriving again. Um, you know, we've got uh, a nice runway uh, of, of success coming on. Our, our censuses are starting to come back strong. Our rate's coming back strong. Um, but we've also been through a lot. So after the, we're just shelling out money, and then um, we've, we've, we're in the pre-pandemic, pandemic, and now we've got this, um, these layers of COVID that keep coming back. Sure. So it's like we're just taking one, one hit after another. Yeah, well, you know, um, great reason to get on board here with the Florida Senior Living Association. We can um, firsthand attest um, not all state associations are created equal. And we've been very impressed with the content, the the education, the networking, as you said, and building those relationships. It's extremely important, whether you're an experienced operator, whether you're, I mean, there is so many new operators popping into the market uh, and it would be scary to think entering into this environment without an association and friends and networking uh, to help at the legislature. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, We'll connect our audience uh, to you. Damon Thomas, uh, thanks for spending time with us today. Uh, Vice President of Operations at Elegance Senior Living and a Bridge the Gap Ambassador. Thanks for championing the efforts of Of the entire industry and also the podcast. Uh, We're going to make sure that we connect our audience and all the friends and people that already know you in the show notes. People can go to btgvoice.com to download this episode, read the transcript, connect with us on social. And thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.